podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. It's an early kickoff. I don't usually like them, but you know what? I, I've formed new habits and, you know, it doesn't bother me all so much now. I kind of like them. You just kind of hope that little, the Reds don't ruin your weekend and certainly not the case this time round. Um, 2-0 against Brighton away. Uh, fabulous stuff. We're very happy. And joining me on this podcast, I am delighted to have these two excellent guests on with me. Um, it's it's been a while since we've got we've all got together and spoken about Liverpool, so it should be a, a very easy, relaxed kind of pod. Uh, so, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. First up, he's a familiar voice on Desi. He's a familiar voice on the main Anfield Index podcast, which you know you totally should be listening to because otherwise, what you're doing with your lives. Um, it is Mr. Cam Brent. He's also a friend as well. I mean, but, you know, last last on the priority list for me. Cam, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Nina. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. I've just kind of noticed as well, um, one of your fellow um, 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 uh, co-guests is joining us live on, on, on uh, Discord as well. So hi, Lisa Marie, um, uh, who, who also guests on this <laughs> pod as well. Um, she's just making sure that you don't step out of bounds. She's well, got my yeah, back. She'll, she'll, she'll put that voice on. She'll yeah. put that voice on. Yep, she's got my back 100%. And joining Cam on this podcast, I am thrilled to have this guy. Oh, he's an absolute legend. And it's been long overdue since he's been on a podcast. So you know what? I'm delighted to have him on. It is Shri. Shri, welcome back. Hey, Nina. Glad to be back. Obviously, timings don't help. So I'm just hoping the daylight kicks in so the timings get better. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it is great to have Shri on as well. And all all school listeners will remember how much he absolutely takes a mick out of me and I how I absolutely allow it because again one of my one of my dear friends. So I'm I'm enjoying this. Today this pod is very much gonna feel like me just chilling out with my friends talking about the Reds. And you know what? It's always the case here. It's always the case. And you know what? Before I get any further um, guys, we will have a caller on. If anyone wants to join, if anyone joining us live, welcome to the Discord um, live chat. If you want to call in, give us a shout. Um, I want to first, before I go to our first caller, I want to get your thoughts um, in terms of um, just your brief takeaways from that game. And I will come to Shri first. Shri, um, you always you're kind of left with like a feeling after a game how you're feeling and stuff um uh, myself and cam kind of just spoke about it briefly before we got in the pod and before you joined us live so i want to get your thoughts i mean how do you feel after that i think this is one of those like job done and nothing else matters yeah uh, it's more of that feeling okay we needed the three points we got the three points and lots of things can be talked about but ultimately that is the 
key thing we needed to take out and so three points keep the pressure on uh, keep the chase on and that's what matters there will be a lot more games like this uh, we have now had a sequence of really tight games but ultimately the key thing is uh, ignoring the midweek we are still getting the job done so i'm assuming uh, maybe after a small break maybe they fake up it's it might turn again back to how we were before I like that. I like that a lot. And Cam, uh, you know, people listen to you a lot on this podcast and you say, you know, two goals is like one of the most dangerous scorelines to have. And we spoke about this, but obviously I've not got it on air on the pod. So I'm just yeah. going to throw that back at you. 2-0 is <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the most dangerous scoreline in that teams can tend to relax, but then... You're playing a Brighton team who just are struggling to score goals at home this season, so it maybe wasn't uh, as dangerous a scoreline as you could normally have. So it was professional job, you know, uh, competent, well done. Three points, move on to the Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one will be one where we, uh, we, we might have to put a little bit more energy in, but we'll have to watch this space. And you know what? Let's go straight to our caller. Again, a familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show. He kicks off the calling side for us. Um, he doesn't really need an introduction. I'm going to give him one. It is the awesome, insightful Kieran joining us again um, on Saturday. Welcome back, Kieran. Thank you. It's absolutely wonderful to have you on, my friend. Uh, the floor is yours. You know what to do. Take it away. Uh, you know, it, was a, it was a very, uh, fairly comfortable one. Um, um, I don't think uh, they really troubled us that much at all. Um, you know, we, you know, I thought we were by far the better team, and we deserved the three points. I mean, on the first goal, I mean, I think, um, I mean, how on earth is the goalkeeper? Not on his marching orders. I mean, I just do not know because it was a dangerous challenge. I mean, I think personally, if uh, Diaz doesn't put the ball in the back of the net, I do think he is off. But look, it it doesn't really matter. Um, then the main thing is we got the three points. Obviously, I think um, on and then obviously I think um, the the penalty really. Obviously, I think once once it went two 0 I was I I was certain it was game over. I didn't think they were going to come back. To be honest, so you know, hopefully Salah is okay after um, going down and he looked hurt. So let's hope. Let's fingers crossed. It's not too serious. Absolutely, and you know what, Kevin, you've got some very really, really good talking points there, and we're going to address them, and certainly the Sanchez one later on in the pod. But thank you so much for calling. We'll definitely definitely go back to your points, and I think you know you've given us some good talking points there, and um. Cam, I'm going to come to you because you just kind of touched on something there. Brighton are in the best of form and you kind of look at the team that Liverpool went with. Were you slightly surprised with Klopp going with a very, very, so pretty much his his starting lineup, if you will, just a few, you know, kind of changes here and there, you know, like, you know, he could have potentially maybe played Chimikas instead of, you know, um, Robbo. He could have maybe featured Gomez in this one. I mean, were you surprised that Klopp kind of went with like a strong team per se? Nice to see Firmino on the bench as well, by the way. Yeah, it's good to have Firmino back on the bench. Um, no, I wasn't really surprised at the lineup, to be honest. Um, Klopp doesn't tend to rotate his back four. We know that, although this season he has been rotating Matip uh, to protect Matip as much as possible, which, is, which has been working brilliantly with uh, Canate. 
Um, Robbo had a rest uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so Robbo's fresh. He's, he's raring to go. Robbo, Robbo doesn't really get tired. Trent, you could possibly say, you know, you'd like to look after him. But again, Trent had a rest uh, in the, a couple of weeks ago as well. They both had a rest in the, in the FA Cup game. So I'm not surprised that we know where the rotation is going to happen. That's always going to be in the midfield. Yeah. And you're seeing that now with the way he's managing the Thiago minutes, the way he's managing the Naby minutes, the way he's managing the Henderson minutes as well, because Henderson, we know, is is having issues with, um, you know, intensity in games, and that's from playing too many games. So it's good to see that um, he, he's, he's rotating the midfield. And I think we'll start seeing a lot more rotation in the front three eventually going forwards now, because mm. we've got five players who can play in the front three. Five fit players who can play in the front three. So I'm not so surprised this week that he went with the team he did. I think we'll see. I think we'll see probably three changes to the starting lineup come Wednesday against Arsenal. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, it's great that you know potentially now we could like rotate up and change up the the attack as well, which is it, which is absolutely grand. And Shri, what about you? Um, the starting lineup, you know, way back when there'd be meltdowns, but you know, um, I want to get your thoughts on. Um, were you surprised, you know, or how did you feel about the starting lineup? No, this was pretty much the team I expected. I was maybe hoping maybe Henderson might not start and might come in because again, uh, one the fixtures, as I said before, there is an Arsenal game, and I believe the next is FA Cup which is where I think we will rotate again. So it's a game more. And also Konate is not there and I don't think Klopp is convinced enough to play Gomez. So mm-hmm. Gomez can't play right back, can't play centre-back, which means Trent, Matip and Van Dijk get picked automatically. I think Robo can go because Robo got a, didn't play in between. So Robo can play. Simikas will obviously play in the FA Cup. The midfield is where we had slight options, but again, I think... Oxlade was out, Thiago was coming back and Thiago is clearly 60 minutes. I've seen repeatedly now I, it's 60 minutes and done so obviously it's 60 or a 30 so obviously this this game he got in 30 minutes. So I think we were limited by players being out uh, and maybe Klopp not preferring to put certain players in. I think more or less this team picked itself. I think Bobby Firmino had to come on bench next week is Arsenal. He, if it's Arsenal, he will get fit somehow. It's the anti-Neymar thing when his sister's uh, birthday comes, when he rules himself, he sees Arsenal and gets fit somehow. That's what happens with uh, Bobby Firmino. So I think Bobby Firmino will play the next game. I'm hoping he starts. It's Arsenal, one of his favourite opponents. I'm glad you mentioned that because when you said that, I kind of smiled because um, uh, we do, we do, we do have great memories of Roberto Firmino just tearing um, uh, Arsenal a brand new one. Right back to this game, and Shri, I'm going to stick to you because um, I thought I want to get your thoughts on this because I thought um, Brighton pretty much um, in both halves actually they came out swinging like they started off really bright. Yeah, so uh, for me, Bright Brighton are kind of an interesting combination in the sense that they do press but they do like to keep the ball as well. So, Liverpool, either people sit back or we have a proper attacking team where we can counter. Here, in this case, they are comfortable holding the ball and they do try to get the ball away. I think it's one of the reasons why I think we have struggled a bit with Brighton. Uh, Very recently, obviously, we have had like scored a lot of goals before, but recently we have struggled. So, they aren't a bad team by any means. And I think the fixtures are also catching up. You can see that the 
rhythm isn't just that we are just getting through games it's a phase where we are trying to get through games so i think it was a controlled performance we weren't good by any stretch except like luis diaz was like out of the world phenomenal but otherwise i think it was just it was we were in it i don't know whether we intended to be in third gear but it almost looked like we were just playing in third gear not forcing the issue but we were con- controlled in it it's all, it, for me it felt like again uh, not uh, in any wrong manner it felt like we had a team of leven vinaldens uh, genie plague that's what it felt like it's like nothing eventful happened it was there but again if some people didn't do the job you would have noticed but everybody did their job it was like no drama no fuss we got through the game we did we did absolutely and cam i'm going to come to you because like you said there was no stress in that game uh, despite brighton's early early kind of pressure um do you think that um uh, do you think lopo were just kind of feel feeling out their opponents and then just sort of just controlling the game i want to get your thoughts um i don't know about uh Liverpool controlling the game. I don't think in the first 10-15 minutes we controlled the game. I thought Brighton started uh, extremely well. They were mm-hmm. looking to get in in behind. There was a couple of uh, good um, defence-splitting passes. Um, there was one... They were up here at four minutes, weren't there? There was something... Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, was, there was that shot from um, the little snide rat up top um, in, in the first five, ten minutes well that had Alisson, you know, Looked like he had it covered, but it was still a pretty decent shot. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if it was on target. So they started really well, um, you know, they, and they made things difficult for us. Uh, up, we we looked really off the first ten fifteen minutes. Felt we we didn't, you know, the passing was off. We uh, they were hassling us. They were into us, um, but then slowly but surely, you know, it, we then started to get the ball a bit better. Started to get take control and then obviously we had that wonderful moment where Matty puts in a beautiful pass and it's an excellent run from Diaz to um stay on side and get the header in and then obviously you know we can we can talk about now why Stuart Atwell felt it wasn't a sending off yeah and before we get there cam um i have um a caller on who is your name six so i'm just going to bring him in cam uh welcome back to the nina kaza show glad to be back it's great to have you back my uh, my friend uh the floor is yours i've seen you in the discord there putting in some um uh, some of your thoughts on the game so the floor is yours yeah i just uh, i heard you mention that uh you thought brighton started uh bright i think they did as well they started off aggressive but uh like you mentioned i think that we didn't overcommit to that first few minutes and i think they created two two or three chances but pretty low value um in terms of like yeah. high quality chances so um i think that we definitely approached it the right the right way and um yeah got it got hold of the game right after that so Yeah you're absolutely spot on there because I did in that first half have three shots and one was on target so yeah um you you're absolutely spot on with um, very little threat from them but keep um uh, sorry to interrupt you there Cam carry on No you're good um uh yeah so then I just had a few few things I wanted to talk about I don't have I don't have much time but um I thought Diaz's performance was was terrific um man of the match for me I think that um the way that he carried the ball and and made us threatening um the way he tracked back and made three or four tackles uh coming back and covering for Rabo I think even one of them uh 
turned into a, a, a shot for, for Mo. So like a, a press leading to a shot, which is just always good to see how, how someone can fit in so, so well, uh, so early. Um, if anybody has anything to say about that. No, we will do. We will do. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Cam. Um, we are going to discuss all them things. And I saw in your chat as well that you were absolutely disgusted with the referee. And um, Sheree, I'm going to come to you because um, Cam Branch, is, I'm going to get, I've got a call by surname because I will confuse myself. Cam Branch just kind of spoke about um, Lu, um, Luis Diaz there on 15 Minutes. I mean, that assist from um, Matip, I mean, it's so majestic. I mean, it was it was Trent esque, you know, just looking up, pinging that pass. Diaz, absolutely brave, you know. What can you say about the guy? He's um, it was great to see him score as well because he's had very very nearly chances, and you think you know what he's been bright in every single game that he's played, and it was rightly so that he kicked off things with the goal goal scoring. Talk to me about um, the, the goal and the events that preceded it because um, my word, uh, Mike Dean. And you know Stuart Atwell. I mean, like, what, 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 what is going on? Like, that is for me a red all day, every day. So first uh, things first, as as Klopp would say, Premier League Player of the Month. You, Matip, no dis. Give the respect the man deserves, uh, especially considering the form he's been in. And that pass, uh, for, actually, when I saw the first replay, I couldn't understand what was happening because it happened so fast. I actually, when they showed the replay, I didn't realize it was Salah. I was thinking, oh, this is offside. They are going to call it back. Then I replay, uh, realized that the ball was for the run from the middle from Diaz, and he was really brave. And it, it's a it's a clear red card. I have no idea. I mean, the only reason is he's a goalkeeper, and the ball went in. They didn't want to maybe do the dual punishment, which has been discussed. Like you give a penalty and the red card. It's like the goal is already scored. So why do you need to give a red card? But you cannot take. You cannot take events happening into context. It's a foul, it's a foul. And it's in the box, it's a violent conduct. So, and and again, it's limited in terms of what, what can only say it's a red card or not a red card. It is a red card. Uh, one, I don't know why the ref didn't even give away. I, I am assuming there was no yellow card, right? I, that's what I think. It, it happened too, too fast. I don't think there was a yellow card even. And I, there I have no card. idea... What's happening? It's it's a clear red card, but I mean, war. I have no clue how to apply rules, so I, I'm stumped. Uh, because as as Cam already said, if that was not a goal, I'm convinced that would have been a red card. They have actually taken the post event into consideration and decided not to send him off, which is absolutely absurd. It's just madness, isn't it, Cam? I mean, I'm, I'm Cam Branch. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think Cam's left us now. He's, he's just said, apologies for confusing you. It doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much when I'm the horse. So don't, don't, don't stress yourself out. Cam, back to you. I mean, I'm sure you've got something to say about that because that was absolutely disgusting. His foot was high. It was yeah, high. It was high. I mean, it was actually his knee that caught him just yeah. below the face. Now, if his knee was... A touch higher, who knows how much um, damage, injury could have been caused to Diaz there. So, why he's not given the red card, only Stuart Atwell knows. Why he's not referred it to Mike Dean to go and look at the screen, again, only Stuart Atwell knows. It's not Mike Dean's fault in this instance. 
It's totally on Stuart Atwell. Stuart Atwell has shown complete incompetence in operating the protocols of VAR for me. I mean, he shouldn't have even had to refer it to Mike Dean. He should have just said, dangerous play, violent conduct. He's kicked a player with his knee in the chest, you know, practically his throat. It's, it's a straight red. Does it, it's irrelevant whether the goal is given or not because it's still violent conduct. That, that for me, overrides everything. It's the potential of causing injury to a player. I mean, there's something in the rules about that. If there's a potential of causing injury to a player, it's a red card. Uh, the double jeopardy cannot apply, I think, in this instance, because it wasn't a penalty, because the goal was scored. So unless Mike Dean has said penalty, then the double, I think the double jeopardy probably, possibly comes into play. But it... Because Mike, because he, it was so fast, I didn't realise at the time, because of the speed of the incident, that Diaz was on the floor. We're all following, we're all watching the ball. It's only till the replays come up, and it's only when you see the replay from behind the goal that you realise the extent of how dangerous it was. And at that point, it's like, it's a red card. What else is that say? They've checked for the offside, there's no offside. So there's no problem. So it, 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 it's still a red card. The keeper is out of control. He hasn't got anywhere near the ball. There's so many things going on here in that moment to just say it's a red card. The fact that Stuart Atwell is an incompetent moron, it, it's, it's catastrophically bad that We've had a week of like dreadful officiating and things because you know the one at Inter. I mean, you know, he wasn't awfully great either. Well, so, yeah, Nina, I mean, just uh, sorry, on, sorry, Inter, but uh, there was I remember a, was it a week or something ago when again Sanchez had something quite similar, I think, and there it was in between. I think he got a yellow card there, if I remember. I'm not very sure about this, uh, but again, the point is that is what. War is there to apply the rule. I don't know why they are trying to interpret the situation or trying to contextualize the event. It's gone to war. You apply the rule and finish it. I don't know why they are interpreting it and it's gone wrong. And this is the whole problem doing war. We didn't want subjective interpretation of things. It's, is it violent contact? Yes. It's a foul. That's it. The post-event should not come into play as, as uh, uh, Cam said. What I was trying to say is that is why probably they have not given, which is wrong, since they contextualize the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, we've got a, a fair few um, listeners here joining us live on Discord, and you know they're all absolutely agreeing, um, agreeing with both of your points. And Phil Bart's there saying, um, you know, endangering an opponent through reckless and uncontrolled play, you know, straight up red. Um, people are agreeing with Phil there. Um, I I have to agree. I think you know you you need to stop looking at like the fine margins of oh well they've scored so it doesn't matter. What if that player has been out? That that could have potentially caused that player to be sidelined for months. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. Anywhere else on the pitch, that is a red. So why why change it? Because, oh, it's the goalkeeper. Or, oh, they've scored. Like, rules are rules. You don't bend them. I think it's uh, almost complete incompetence. I, I put in the chat that uh, I think he left his cards in the locker room uh, and couldn't get them till halftime. Uh, he didn't pull it out one time in the first half. And 
I, I think I like to think that he's uh, more incompetent and didn't have cards rather than actually thinking that that's not a, a red card. Well, you know what? We're, we're kind of used to piss poor officiating. Um, we really, really are. And um, Cam, I'm going to come to you because I have a... A question here in Discord. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to keep a hold of uh, the chat for once. Look at me trying to be professional. I have a question here from You Never Walk Alone Foodie, and he wants to know what do you think of Naby's game today, and was he the right person to start the game, or would you have started with someone else? And if yes, who? Now it's a really interesting one because we literally just spoke about managing minutes, and you know Naby Keita potentially does need to get minutes. You you look at what you have in terms of the bench. You need to manage to, um, at Thiago's um, minutes, that's for sure. You look at the midfield options. Yep, there's Elliot there, there's Jones there as well. And Milner, who I think you probably bring in just to kind of, um, you know, ease the game off or, you know, to see the game out in the last few minutes if yeah. you need to. I mean, so given what is on the bench in terms of the potentials that could have start potentially, you know, Elliot or Jones. I mean, does I mean, what do you make of that comment? Because I don't, I don't think he was like. I think people jump on his back, and I'm not saying you never walk along food he is, but I feel like people like to find, you know, like put his performance under a microscope. I think it was great. Can't think when it was when he got ninety minutes. I thought he was decent. I thought he was pretty decent today. I don't think he was overly great. I felt mm-hmm. like. Um, on the left, um, certainly at the beginning of the game, um, I felt like, you know, Lamptey and Robbo was turning into a bit of a battle because I felt like Naby was probably finding his feet and his form in that game. And then when Diaz upped his game as well, I felt like that, that little battle kind of fizzed out a little bit. And yeah. Naby was doing more of his covering work. And, and Naby, let's not forget, had a shot in the second half and also won the penalty as well. Yeah. I mean, Naby was, yeah, he was decent. He was, um, he wasn't, setting the world alight or anything like that. He had a couple of sloppy moments, especially in the first half. Um, there was that one pass where he just passed it almost blind into the middle middle uh, of the pitch, uh, just by the uh, centre circle and uh, put us under pressure. And, um, you know, we recovered from that. I mean, um, yeah, I'm a big Nabi Kaita fan, as, as uh, most people know. I want to see him playing as many minutes as possible. I think um his skill set is phenomenal he's he's got so much in in his locker um and i think his defensive work is is extremely underrated and he doesn't get enough praise for that for me so um i'm happy to see him being played the way he is being used the way he is being managed the way he is because we we have a, an excellent footballer in Naby Keita Tiago is the wrong side of 30. Tiago's not going to be around forever. We've got to manage these two together. They both play better on the left than they do on the right. So to be using these two on the left and managing the 90 minutes between them, I think is absolutely ideal. I know Curtis Jones can play that, but, but Curtis Jones is still learning a lot. I mean, this game might have been a good game for Curtis because, again, Brighton at home, not the best team this season. But yeah. Brighton have, have given us difficult games in the past, especially at the Amex. Graham Potter does well against us. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was more than happy to see Naby starting today. 
no issues with it whatsoever. And I think what you'll see now is Naby will be the one on the bench against Arsenal. And it'll be Thiago starting. I think these two are going to be the two most rotated players for the end of the season. And that's how it should be for me. Because they, those two are also the two players that seem to spend more time away from the first 11 than anyone else this season. Or, you know, generally anyway. Well, Naby definitely. So, um, managing his minutes, keeping him fit, we've got a baller on our hands. We really do. Um, Shri, I'm going to come to you regarding uh, Naby Keita and the potential options there. Because I think, you know, I think it's a fair comment by you never walk alone foodie. But I also... I I agree with Cam. Like the two more senior players that have to fill that role are Thiago and Naby. Unfortunately for both, is the fact fitness is the issue. It's not the 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 skill set or the. Qualities into the mix as well. There because right, and that's where he would play. So your your thoughts on. How you so thought? in terms of Nabi, as I said in the beginning, no coincidence that Nabi is four letters and Genie is four letters. Uh, but uh, keeping those things, I think it was more of a tactical view. He wanted to play G- one. We don't know again whether Thiago could have started and say played 60 minutes, whether he was fit enough to play 60 minutes. We don't know. I believe he missed a training session. So maybe there was recovery going on. He couldn't start. That is one. And I think... In terms of the midfield, the pressing is uh, very good. So, we needed to keep the ball. I think that is why he went for Keita uh, more than, say, Curtis Jones, who are the, basically these three are the options on the left. Naby Keita, Jones and Thiago. Well, we have, say, Hendo, Oxlade and uh, Elliot on the right. So, I think Thiago maybe was not fit enough to start. I believe he will now start at Arsenal because I think they're just going to do the 60-30 combination. One game, one guy plays 60, other game, the other guy plays 60. Nobody's going to play 90, looks like, that. at least on the left, unless it's Jones who plays, who I believe will play in the FA Cup then. So I think it's going to be a 60-30 match. But in this game, I think just because we didn't want to lose the ball, we wanted to keep hold of the ball and more of a tactical point of view. As Cam said, there was nothing outstanding from Genie. Uh, sorry, I almost I actually said Genie. It reminded me so much of Genie's performance in terms of occupying his space, covering the man. Uh, it it was like nothing outstanding, nothing bad. A typical seven out of ten tactical space covering performance. Yeah, um, I'd I'd have to echo that. He didn't give me any any concerns. I just felt like you know he, he did a decent shift, and both those players do have to be managed. Now, Shri, I'm going to stick with you because a lot of people like talking about this guy, so I want to talk about him as well. What did you make of um, Diaz, um, just overall performance? Um, uh, because I feel like this game, like you said, there wasn't many, many, many talking points in this game, but um, we've got to talk about Diaz because I think it just really, really excites a lot of people. So what, what did you make of him today and just the front three in general? It, it's, it's almost unreal how easily he has settled in. He's not played in the league. He, he comes... He came. He comes from the Portuguese league. It almost seems like he's played in this. It's not only the player being excellent that has helped, but the ease in which he's uh, settled into the system. I think it also shows how uh, thorough a scouting is. That it almost feels like this guy was developed to play for Liverpool. It's almost like he came through an academy system where we all play the same system and he fits in. It's it's an absolute fit. 
uh, his out to in runs are amazing uh, his his first touch especially with the defender on his back today he had one touch where he was fouled i think uh, was just simply brilliant i think i think it's going to be really tough to bench him because he looks like a guy who can again run for like 120 minutes even if extra time games goes in i think he's unreal if it touch wood i think it's going to be very difficult to bench him i think only in terms of keeping the load management is the only reason he can be benched i think it's also come at a good time when say mane and sala aren't in the greatest of forms they are doing all the things like uh, i'm thankful the goal has only three posts because sala has hit all three now i believe thankfully there is no fourth to hit yet so hopefully the goals will come back again uh, but otherwise i think it's also come at a time where he's been the huge shining spark with firmino being injured jota being injured coming back on and off and mane and sala not firing at their best i think it's it's almost like a loan spark and it's something for us to look forward to in terms of the current form so outstanding i, I think clearly man of the match by quite a distance for me Well, you know what? A few agree. Caller Cam obviously called him out to be his man of the match. We've got Lubo there saying Diaz was the man of the match for him as well. I'm just keeping up with the chat. Cam, um, we've got some chit chat here about going back to the Naby thing, and Lubo saying that's the hundredth game for Naby uh, for Liverpool. Even I confuse him, confuse Ginny for Naby now. Um, so there you go, Shri. Uh, people are agreeing with you. Uh, Phil Bart says saying. Um, Fab was also class and worked great with Naby and you know people are just sort of saying that you know Fab is just you know quietly just just absolutely phenomenal and um I want to get your thoughts um Cam on on Diaz and maybe yeah. you want a response to what people are saying in chat there Yeah I mean um everybody's right I mean especially about Fab uh, as well uh class will always play well with class so um Uh, with the only only his third booking of the season for Fab as well, so you know I love the fact that he absolutely marshals that that midfield, and is an absolute nasty piece of work, but at the same time a disciplined one. <laughs> Nearly as good as Fernandinho in that respect, then, isn't he? So because um, he never gets booked. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, going on to Luis Diaz, I thought he was excellent today. um you know we've already said uh, well shrees already said and everybody in the chat will probably agree as well he was without a doubt the man of the match today he was he was um always available his his dribbling skills uh are a joy there was that one run in the second half where he took off and and he, i think he had lamty with him and lamty just couldn't get and lamty's quick Mm. And uh, and I think it was Lapteague. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, he started off in his own in our our own half, and he just took off, and you just can't get the ball off him when he's running like that. We saw that in the the previous game against Inter. He's 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 just got it. He's he's, he's he is our, I believe our fastest player now. So um, you wow. know, good luck to um, Premier League defenders keeping up with him. Oh, he's he's. What else can we say about him? His work in the final third was really good. But what impressed me most about him is the work he does um, in helping out when we don't have the ball. Yeah, and I think that's really crucial, and probably why he's settled in so well, and why he looks like he's been a part of this team for years, is because he understands that he gets that 
He's used to doing that. And you have to do that if you're going to be a part of this Liverpool team. If you're not going to put the work in, you, you, you're going to be spotted a mile off. You, you, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. He stands out like a sore thumb for the, all the right reasons. And, 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 and it's a joy, you know, I mean, I'd only ever seen him play against, play, play twice before he signed for us. And they were in the Porto games, obviously. Or um, they're the two games I've noticed, really, that was just, um, was the last two he played for us. And it was like, wow, he's a baller, isn't he? But I never thought he would be, like, somebody we would look at. But I'm glad we did. Absolutely. And, you know, and on your point about him sticking out like a sore thumb, but in a good way, I challenge that and say he looks like a well-manicured thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! That's enough of the girly analysis. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Yeah, but let's go to the second half because obviously that was pretty much it. I thought we looked in control. Uh, second half kicks off and um, Lalana comes on. Um, really, really sad because he literally gets subbed off in like six minutes. Um, it looked like an ankle issue for him. Um, and again in that period, I thought Brighton again second half started off quite well. I think there was a chance by Tossard, but um. Talk to me about the first, the second half because it kind of didn't really have an awful lot of rhythm. There's a lot of stop and starting going on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was pretty similar to the first half in the way it started. That Brighton came out, tried to put a bit of pressure on. You know, they obviously needed a goal. Um, they had to try and get back into the game, and they were trying to catch Liverpool cold. And they they could have, but they. They didn't really that. I mean, that Trossard chance you talk about. I mean, I think there was a there was a handball in there anyway for the little slide right up top. So, uh, cause I'm not going to say his name. I know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> we all know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So he um, handballed it. So, and because it was the handball that would have led to the assist, it would have been called handball. So, oh, damn. Then again, it was Stuart Atwell. So, and maybe the goal would have counted then. With Stuart out well, actually, obviously, he wouldn't see the handball, would he? Um, but they started well, but we regained control again. We, we we looked so comfortable in that second half, and it's like Shri said, we, we were in third gear for, for the whole game. I mean, but Shri, I've got a question for you here. Um, if that was third gear, how many gears do we have? Okay. How do I know? We can switch on to any gear we want. It's, it's, but it, it almost felt like, uh, it almost felt deliberate that we didn't want to push ourselves. That's what it felt like because uh, we can easily step up when we want to. That's what it looked like. It almost looked like we didn't want to push. We Maybe, I don't know whether it was a tactical decision to not do it. Maybe not see its space because they keep the ball. And they have Lamptey and both their wingbacks are quite high and quite rapid as well maybe i have no no idea whether it was a tactical decision or is it a more of a fatigue load management maybe the experts can come in but it almost felt forced in the uh, the pace at which the game was going it'll be interesting to see um how many k how many k they run today as a team and that'll be a good indicator of um you know, how we were managing the load today. Because you're right, it did look like we were playing well with well we were. We were playing well within ourselves today. And we were, it's in game management. It's what you want to see really, isn't it? 
you, you do you do what needs to be done. You conserve yourselves, and you and you look forward to the next game because that will yeah. be more intense. There's no doubt about it. Yep. The I think it was managed for the next game. Obviously, it's an away game. Arsenal are are one of the form teams, if not the form team. Mm. Whether they are actually playing well to deserve those points is a separate. Uh, Discussion by itself, but at least the numbers, the points on both say they are the form team, and it's an away game. I disagree uh, so with I, that. I disagree that they're the four team. I think we've won eight, eight, eight league games on the trot. I don't think you can get more informed than us right now. Yeah, but they are also informed. You also need to remember what the base effect where they started with. We were yeah, but you said the uh, most informed team. That's what yeah, I was disagreeing me, with. For me, that's what I said. In terms of performance, I don't. I, I haven't watched Arsenal at all. In fact, to be honest, yeah. I have no idea how they play. Uh, except I just bring in their players for FPL. Otherwise, I have no idea what they do. But at least the number seems like they are playing well. I have no idea whether we will know soon. I think midweek we will. See. Clearly, see, but I think this game was managed for in preparation for the, the next well, game. The challenge is initially basically uh, Klopp is probably looking at them as more of a challenge because obviously, like you said, like they are probably playing, well, they're certainly getting the results. Yeah, the results are there, and I think we it, see for us it's critical. We need six points. It's not about this game. We need overall the six points. So I think he's balanced out uh, the selections. But one thing I wanted to add up the second. Uh, the game practically died when Thiago came in. Except the last five minutes, I think they had cup where Alison amazing reaction save. I think it was it Welbeck who, who yes, it had was. the yes. shot. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, it was. Like, um, really good save. Uh, till that point, the only interesting thing was the Brazilian tango, which Alison did to keep the ball inside the box. Otherwise, yep. there was nothing much of interest happening in the second half, especially after once Thiago came in. Yeah, I thought the penalty was quite interesting to get another goal. Yeah, and you know what? That was really interesting because it was Basuma who just before that um, uh, got into a little thingy with Nabi and his um, foot was high, so uh, Mike Dean uh, booked him. And then literally on 57 minutes, um, his arm was up, so the guy can't keep his limbs in check. So there's a penalty. <laughs> I mean, Cam, I'll come to you because obviously it was an interesting moment for you. So talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting moment for all Liverpool fans, let's be honest. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Naby obviously has a, a well-struck shot from the edge of the box. Um, I doubt it was going in it. Um, I can't really tell. I haven't seen an angle to make it that shows me whether it was on target or not. But Basuma's got his arm out. It's high. Um, thankfully, the VA ch- VAR check was really quick. Uh, there was no issues there. And then it was, um, what's that now, 12 penalties on the trot now um, for the team? Um, so obviously we got 11 a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? So um, it was a well-struck penalty, you know. You, I, I like to see a penalty that goes like an arrow down the middle and the keeper just diving the other way. So, you know um, what I like about Mosalam penalties? First of all, we know that his uh, record of taking the penalties is absolutely phenomenal, but they're all so, so different. Yeah, he, d- he mixes it up really well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and by doing that, the keeper is not really sure because you see all these things where the keepers are studying the penalty takers and uh, they get an idea and an inkling, right? He generally likes this side or he generally likes, you know, middle of the goal or that side no, or he, however. He, anyway, he picked, the, he got two penalties. He picked, um, I think he picked his right side and then picked the right side again, but lifted it and the keeper went the right way. 
But I just love the fact yes. that same side, but still like changes up his uh, technique. That was in the same game as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but same game. Keeper went the, yeah. the the way that he went, you know, where he shot it last time round. So yeah, he it's it, it's it's it, a talent. It's, <laughs> it, it is a, it's a skill. It is a skill. I mean, and the pressure is immense. I mean, he was blowing his cheeks before the penalty was being taken. You know, like. Yeah, but he still looks cool and calm. Yeah, he hit the woodwork before that as well, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously the deflected shot. Um, I think it came off Lewis Dunk's calf or something. Um, The keeper was beaten, and then Sadio tried a little bit of magic, but wasn't even close, So, um, which I think pretty much summed up his day, really, the way he played the whole game. Yeah. Uh, It was one of his quieter performances, to say. Mm-hmm. To say the least. Yeah, and what about you, Shri? Anything to say about, you know, um, uh, I thought that was a needy call. Uh, we've got a few um, uh, comments there about that. Uh, Lubo just reminding us that, you know, uh, potentially Basuma could have um, got a second yellow there, but Mike Dean took pity on him. Again, you know, we're highlighting the fact that rules are being ignored because of the circumstances. Um, your, your thoughts on, on that whole situation, uh, Shri? So, uh, I think as Cam said, that was a <laughs> very taken shot. It wasn't well directed by any means. It was never going to go in until the goal, unless the goal was near the byline. It wasn't going to go in. <laughs> I have no... But yeah, again, in this case, they applied the rules and uh, I'm assuming it was a quick war check, which is which made it even more surprising. This It was just a straight application of rule handball. In, I believe it's unnatural position penalty. I, I think the f- the first one, which the Sanchez one is not given, is same thing. Violent conduct, dangerous play, red card. The same thing. You need to apply the rules. That's all. No need to make a judgmental call. Which is what just puts me off now, even with VAR, is like you have no idea what's going to happen. It's like you, we don't know whether they don't know the rules or they know the rules. They are choosing not to apply it. We have no idea. It's almost like they're drawing it out of the lot. Saying, okay, yeah, let's give this one. Let's not give this one. I have no idea what's happening. Uh, I believe there was some someone who have, I think they have commented saying there was no clear evidence. I don't know whether this is true. I'm just reading what I'm seeing that Stuart Atwell was unable to find any clear evidence that Sanchez made any contact with the angles. I don't know whether this is even true, but I've seen something of this, which... I mean, there are enough angles to show it was a red card. I don't know unless what they're even talking about. I think they're making up excuses now. But in terms of the penalty, especially with Salah, initially it used to be that Salah also has this particular school where you literally think he's going to miss. Like, yeah, But now I've gotten used to this. The fact that, yeah, it almost always starts with feeling like he's going to miss, but he's literally never going to miss. And he uses literally all the six squares in the goal. His variations is unbelievable. It almost every time I I almost try to play this guessing him. Okay, he's going far right, lower corner, but it most likely I never get it ever right. And me being a keeper, I try to imagine what he would go with more. I can never ever guess which quarter. Even today I was thinking he's going to go to the keeper's right. He went bang down the middle. So he is one who uses all six squares. It just makes it really difficult. It's not even like there's a sequence. Even if he, he has variations, there is no pattern in terms of repeating it, say, for a while or in terms of match situations. or something. It's, it's almost like it's random. And I don't know whether he decides himself up front or it just while his run-up, he takes it because it's 
very difficult i can say as a keeper very difficult to judge where he is going to go because of his sheer randomness and his ability to use all the six boxes in the goal yeah um i i i have to agree with that it's literally no idea where he's going to put that ball um uh, but just so so calm from the spot and uh, you know great to see him score again and hopefully he can score one for more and play against arsenal um no pressure mosla not that you you crumble to it right guys uh shri you kind of spoke about alison there you almost had a moment i don't think you really had a moment a great muscle memory from him to keep the ball inside the box despite his uh, limbs all being outside of them um and of course um uh, i thought uh, mike dean got um the linesman and everyone got that one spot on and it could never go to var anyway I I have no idea I was actually worried it was going to go to VR because I couldn't at least at least in my feed they showed no angle whether he actually did go out for a fleeting moment before like he, he, he may, he, it's like in cricket that's what they do he, if people who watch cricket they immediately the batsman puts the bat up indicating he got the ball he nicked the ball indicating for an lbw it's almost like he indicated yes see it's actually inside the box but I had a fleeting moment it looked like he was actually out of the box with the ball but he ended up and i think there is no angle which can prove it so i think obviously even if it would have gone to var maybe unless they came up with their own angle at that point of time i don't think it's some difficult but alison in terms just the sheer number of times he keeps us in the game okay this game maybe we considered one we still win the game but the sheer nature of high value chances he is able to save i think he he must be the he must be the best in the league in terms of what the xg what are the xg actuals versus the uh, potential xgc i think he must be the best in terms of like there's no chance the amount of saves he makes in those uh, tight situations i think it's unbelievable so again a solid clean sheet again it was a solid clean sheet and cam i'm guessing you watched it same as me bt sport and um i yep. initially um, var does give me anxiety i'm not going to lie i did for a second think, is it going to go to var but peter walton there resting my nerves um reassuring us that you know uh nope it does not need to go to var because um it was a really a goal scoring opportunity it wasn't you know thingy um so um your thoughts on just alison in in general uh you know because uh, i did freak out for a minute i'm not going to lie and i think sometimes even uh, you know watching the game for so long um you know you do kind of stress out that you know referees and officials kind of cave to um you know the support pressure you know and and player pressure yeah i mean it's um alison is for me is a, possibly the best goalkeeper in the world and he he shows that week in week out with his with his performances his one on one um saves ratio it, it, it's unbelievable it, it's phenomenal the way he 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 performs there and that save from Welbeck today granted it was straight at him and it it's a save you expect him to make um because you know he didn't really have to do much a couple of yards either side it's a goal you know because of the distance and the and the the power and the pace it was going at but because it was straight out it's it's a comfortable save for him um what i like about alison is he's no drama yeah he's not he's not trying to do the spectacular with anything he does and and when i say that i mean when he makes a save 
and say it's uh, he's parrying a shot, for example. He's parrying it into a safe area more often than not. It's very rare he parries the ball back into a dangerous area to give the opposition a, another opportunity. And that is a fantastic ability to be able to do that. So we've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world, possibly the best goalkeeper in the world. We're lucky to have him. We're fortunate to have him. And him with VVD and Fabinho and then your Mo Salas and your Mane's, you know, you've got a wonderful, wonderful spine in that team. And we're, we're, we're blessed to have them. We're, we're really lucky. I mean, I think if you look at, if you look at the old round now, the whole squad, the way it's evolved and developed and what we have now, we're up there with the best in, in the Europe and the best in the world in terms of the players we have available to us. I mean, teams fear us, genuinely, genuinely fear us. You know, there, there's, there's few weaknesses in that team now when you have your, your best available 11 playing and then you look at the quality you have available to come off the bench as well. I mean, look at our bench today. The options we had, Jota, Thiago, um, Bobby, Simicas, Joe Gomez. These are all starters everywhere else. I mean, Joe Gomez is the best English centre-back and he's our fourth-choice centre-back. Mm-hmm. That tells you everything. This is why oh, yeah, be- I was going to say, yeah, so I'm a happy bunny. Good, and we like that. And you know what? Because this is live podcasting, um, I just want listeners to know that my brother literally just walked in with a, a Mr. Whippy's ice cream and I refused it and sent him away because I'm professional and I don't eat on the job. So just so you know, I did not get my sugar fix. Sad, sad day. It's, it's gone away. Cam, I'm going to come to you. Um, let's talk about uh, the sub, uh, the subs on 64 minutes, which is like clockwork for Jurgen Klopp. And we're talking about the quality. It is so great that, you know, you can take off um, Salah. There was a slight scare with him. Luckily, he doesn't look too serious, but takes off Salah and Nabi brings on Thiago on Jota. I like that because like you guys alluded to there, the... Um, this is um, where I felt that the control came, real, real control came in, um, in, in terms of literally just took the sting out of the game if there was any. Sorry, is that me? Yeah, I said Cam. Oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I missed the Cam bit. I do apologise. I lost you on the ice cream, innit? You were fantasising about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking, uh, honestly, I was thinking Ben and Jerry's then straight away. And that's all that was going through my mind for your old question. We know, we know <laughs> you like a dessert. We know you like a dessert. I'd love a dessert. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather talk about desserts now than the end of the game and Jota coming up because I thought Jota was fans, to be honest. I thought he did absolutely nothing. Um... Um, and he's, he hasn't scored for six games now. So uh, that's a little bit of a worry for me. Uh, we need Jota firing and um, making a nuisance of himself. Um, he, he, he showed willingness, but he just didn't really seem to have an impact in the game at all for me. But great option to have coming off the bench. Yeah, like you said, um, uh, in, enjoy this moment of the Reds where they have quality on the bench. Should we come to you? Sixty-four minutes. Clock makes those changes. Uh, your your thoughts on that? Um, I I felt there wasn't an awful lot going on. It was just I think we were watching it as Liverpool fans, just quite calm and composed. 
Yeah, I think as I said, once Thiago came in, the game just died literally until the last say five seven minutes. We we absolutely controlled the game. There was literally it, it's as uneventful as you can get, and which is what you want in such games. You want no drama. You're two nil up. Just get the, you have to play ninety minutes. Get the ninety minutes done. I think it was uh, perfectly fine. Yes, Jota hasn't scored. I don't know whether he's actually fit. He keeps coming in and out. I there's I have no idea whether he's actually fit. Uh, so I'm hoping he. I, again, he's had a tremendous season. I think uh, we are all taken in by obviously Salah. I think what fourth season now? Twenty goals. Uh, I think that's what I heard now. Fourth season in a row with. Uh, 20 goals, but uh, we are taken in by Salah. But I think Jota is the second, or at least used to be second. I've not followed football much, but so let's not take away that. And I think it's it's sooner than later he's going to score. And again, we have five options. Nobody is going to play three games in a row. Everybody's max going to get two games. There are going to be enough. That is a position we are comfortable enough to rotate because the options are almost equal in terms of what they can provide. Uh, like Mane down the center, you have no Firmino who can play. Then Mane on the left, uh, Jota can play on the left. Luis is firmly on the left, and Salah is firmly on the right. Those are the only two people who are kind of more or less fixed. So I think most people are going to get two games, or say they are going to get 150 minutes maybe out of 180, and third game they are going to come off the bench maybe. So I think not um, nothing much to worry. It's as uneventful as you could hope for, and it's it's good to have such games. Yeah, I, I like that as well. I don't want it to be interesting and exciting all the time. So all I really do care about is, is the three points. And to me, this was a very, very professional kind of performance, just seeing it out, just absorbing their very little pressure and then just dealing with it. Because overall, we were definitely, definitely the better side in terms of what, what we produced. And we just looked calm and composed throughout. And I do agree with Shri that I think that we will be um more... um. I think we're going to be more involved in a battle with Arsenal and maybe Jurgen Klopp is looking at that. And I do have a question, actually, and I'm going to ask you, and it is from You'll Never Walk Alone Foodie. And Shri, I'm going to stick to you. What do you, what do the panel um, think um, Klopp will address about today's game and how they can approve upon it? So improve from this performance? Yeah. I, I think it was controlled by design. I think it's going to be something different. Each team brings its own challenge. I think, obviously, uh, uh, Arsenal are kind of going to do the same. They also like, they keep the ball under Arteta. They do press. Uh, Saka is a danger, like I said. But we also know what they are going to do. It's predictable in terms of what they will try to do. Obviously, they bring in their own uh, things to address. But I wouldn't say we had problems that we needed to address I think it's again, as I said, the team is going to change. Uh, I'm assuming Thiago is going to play, Fabinho is going to play. Uh, I think still Henderson is going to play. The back four are going to play. Up front, I think Bobby starts. Maybe Bobby, Jota, and I don't know if Salah, I have no news whether he's... It, the way he indicated, it sounded to me that he indicated it was some kind of a contact injury. He kept tapping both his hands together. And I believe it was before the penalty. So there's some contact injury. That's what I interpreted it as. So I think if he's, it's not serious. I think Jota, uh, he starts. Jota has been in good form against Arsenal, and Bobby could start and say Diaz and Mane come off the bench. So for me, it's just a different challenge we need to address. I wouldn't say we need to improve because I think 
this is as controlled as you can hope for against a team like brighton who who pose different challenges in terms of off the ball and on the ball they bring in and i think it's also kind of you could say a practice game you wanted in terms of arsenal not necessarily saying they play the same way but they also like to press and close down they are happy keeping the ball they have good skilled players they have they have some pace not necessarily from wing backs but from wider players they do have martinelli and saka playing on either wing side think it's a good precursor in terms of the kind of setup they'll do or the kind of tactics we could encounter so uh, so i would say not in prove in sense it's more of attuning ourselves to what arsenal could I think that's fair and Lubo there as well. I'm just going through the chat. Um, this was the game where you control an early 1-0 lead. Don't overcommit. Don't take unnecessary risks. Pick your chances, uh, which is pretty wise considering we're still, you know, we're, we're you know, still in Champions League. We're obviously um, challenging for the league and, of course, the FA Cup as well. Cam, anything you'd like to say about um, your Never Walk Alone foodies? Um, comments there about um, how we could potentially improve upon? Possibly, um, oh, it's a good question, actually, Um, because I felt today was as good a performance you'll see in the context of what we needed to do in a game of football, in that it was as professional a performance as you'll see. So um, maybe just uh, creating a few more opportunities. We didn't really, I know we had about 16, 18 shots on goal, but we the shots that we did have, they didn't really make you think, oh, wow, what a save from the keeper. Mm. It's only because the keeper produced some some magic, you know, something like that. It was just it was just a functional performance today, whereas I think against Arsenal, we're going to need to be really clinical because it is Arsenal. It's the Emirates, you know, there's 60,000 people there. It's going to be a great atmosphere. You've, you've got to bring your A game. So we will have to go up a few more gears in that respect, we're going to have to cut out the few sloppy passes. There were some sloppy passes today. I mean, Naby made a few. Joel made a couple. Uh, Sadio, again, his first touch was, was poor. So I don't expect to see Sadio starting on um, on Wednesday. I think he'll be one of the, the changes I alluded to earlier. Uh, I don't think Hendo will start on Wednesday either. I think, again, his minutes are being managed as well. Um, or I wouldn't be surprised like if you didn't start. Me anyway, I prefer him off the bench. I do. This these last few games where he's come off the bench, he's had a lot more energy and he's had a lot, and he's had a lot more impact in mm-hmm. what he's he's been able to do. Then, so again, it's a question of you've got got to manage the midfielders' minutes. It's, you know that's 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 why games are won and lost for me. You win the midfield battle, you you tend to win the games. That's that's what I've always said. So, yep. Yep. Um, And then I expect Thiago to start, not Naby. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Elliot come in for Hendo and Thiago for Naby. And then with... I forgot that uh, Mo had gone off early today. So if Mo's possibly not 100% and he'll say, yeah, I want to play, I want to play. But you've got three players who can comfortably slot... Um, Jota, Bobby, and Diaz. You know, bring um, Mo and Mane on it if you need to at 60 minutes. It's not a bad option to come off the bench, is it? The best player in the world and 
and another world-class player? Not indeed. It's not indeed. What a wonderful time to be a Liverpool fan. Sorry. Yeah, Nina, just one thing I wanted to add, which I believe we have not alluded to at all. I don't know if if the Saturday early kickoff is a factor. I know Klopp doesn't like it at all. And I don't know whether the sluggishness is also due to the difference because he's alluded to the fact that 12.30 needs its own routine by itself. And we had a midweek as well. It needs a midweek, which was a late evening kickoff. And we have had an early kickoff. He's particularly not in favor of early kickoffs at all. So I don't know whether that played a factor. Just wanted to put that in. It's actually a very, very good shot because um, from previous Liverpool uh, performances, Liverpool don't normally do well with the early kickoff. So they're always look fatigued and and things like that. So yeah, definitely something to um, take We've into. We've got a really good record though lately in I early kickoffs. Which is, uh, freaks me out. I just think I wasn't a morning person. So literally, I just wake up, have a second to myself. And then, but now, obviously, I'm, I'm an early rise. I'm up at five every morning, discipline. So I, I actually enjoy the 12.30s because now I've got the whole weekend to um, just kind of not let the Reds ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're, let's be honest, they don't ruin it very often, do they? No, they don't. They haven't, actually. They've not ruined it in a very, very long time. And uh, even when they lose, they don't really ruin it. But, guys, no, I think that's a really interesting point, um, uh, Shri, that you mentioned about the early early kickoff there on Saturday. Right, guys, I think we've come to the end of the pod. Is there anything you want to kind of discuss before we move on to Man of the Match? I know where we're all going to go, but we've got to do it for the formality of doing it. Uh, Cam, anything from the game? No, no. Like I said, I'm just a happy bunny. Uh, uh, I couldn't have asked for any any more today, really, in terms of um, what we need to do. Clean sheet, two goals. You know, a third goal would have been the icing on the cake, I think. Um, but no, I'm, like I say, happy bunny. Roll on Easter. Get me Easter egg. Yeah, I'll come to Shree in a minute. I've just got um, uh, some little comments here. Lubo there. I like the control today. Just needed to get more scoring again. Hopefully the goal helped. Could have created more chances with the final pass rather than a shot. More and Lewis, yep, of course, when more went on on the counter. And, you know, you never walk along foodie there saying true. He could see Klopp going mad um, when he didn't make a pass. Yeah, um, uh, and I think that was, um, that's, has been a slight issue. It's just the, the quality, the, the final pass, but I'm sure they'll, they'll figure that out. Shri, anything from the, from the game? Some takeaways? Anything you want to say? Nothing much, only that the club going mad, I think more was right to ask to who. There was literally no one he could pass it. I think for a change, this time he was right to go for the shot. So that's the only thing which we didn't understand. Otherwise, quite content, professional performance. Just take the game away. And control the game the whole way around, move on to the big game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Shri, whilst I'm there and I'm going to stick with you, who was your man of the match? I know the answer, but we need to just get it on record. Yeah, Luis Diaz, obviously. If you want me, I can vote Bobby Firmino for the next game. It's Arsenal. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you know, just to be edgy and, you know, just going to put it out there, I think Roberto Firmino was man of the match. What a performance today. We don't get them three points without him sat on that bench. It was li- it was literally a no-look performance, right? It we was literally, yes, yes, yes. It was a no-look performance by uh, Roberto Firmino. Cam, over to you. Uh, yeah, not much, Jim, but... Uh... Uh, coming on and not fucking up 
if anything. So, um, no, no seriousness. Uh, uh, Luis Diaz, no doubt, standout player today. Absolutely, I, I echo that. Um, being edgy there, um, Shri, he's fallen off his chair. Guys, um, thank you so much. I think we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, I've really enjoyed coming this uh, game with these two excellent gents. Um, we've come to the end of this podcast. A massive thank you to everyone that, uh, to our two callers. A massive thank you to everyone that joined us live and have been interacting with us on Discord. If you're new listeners, get onto our Discord community. It is phenomenal. Uh, please join us. It's a nice, harmonious place for most parts. It always is, actually. And, um, to these two excellent gents, before I let them go, I want to get their plugs and where you can find them on social media. Shri, where can people find more of you? Yeah, on Twitter, I don't post regularly. I'm very uh, rarely seen nowadays. But if you do follow me, it's at Srikant Bala. Give him a follow. He is excellent. He's awesome. And Cam, what about you? Something to plug. I'm sure there's something to plug. And where can people find you on social media? Um, yeah, you'll find me most weeks on the main AI pod with Tread Danny and, uh, and the teacher, um, well, teacher, the, the strict disciplinarian in Lisa Marie. She's uh, keeping me and Trev firmly in check, as you can imagine. Uh, please step off the plane. Um, I don't know why she keeps saying that, because we're, we're not on a plane. But there you go. Um, if social media, you'll find me on Twitter at Cam Brinchy. Also give Cam a follow as well. Another, another excellent follow. And do check out the main AI pod. It is excellent. Uh, three amazing people talking about the Reds and, you know, and just other random stuff as well. Uh, so, yeah, do check out that pod. There's loads of great content for you on Anfield Index right now. Um, do check all of it out. There'll be some great content coming your way. Raw. There'll be a rival recon, of course, for for the Arsenal game. There'll be an under pressure hit coming to you soon. And I'll be on the spot. And just loads of other other great content. I myself did Euro Incision, spoke with my awesome co-host Themis about Europe and got some great insight into Lewandowski's eating habits. So if you want to be mean, uh, just give it a listen and see what he eats and how he eats it. Cam, I'll give you a spoiler alert. He eats his dessert first and he has been doing for many, many years. So there you go, people. Uh, That's why I've been going wrong in the gym. Yeah, he eats his dessert first. I was like, Perfect. hey, right, good to know. Right, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, take care, enjoy your weekend. Until next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.